Welcome to the Business of Psychology podcast, the show that helps you to reach more people, help more people, and build the life you want to live by doing more than therapy. Hello and welcome to the Business of Psychology podcast. Today I'm really excited to be here with Chloe Bedford, aka The Running Psychologist from Instagram. Um, I'm fangirling a little bit because I've been following Chloe for ages, it feels, (laughs) and I absolutely love your content, Chloe. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I feel like a legitimate psychologist. (laughs) What is a legitimate psychologist? Now that is an existential question (laughs) for another episode. Um, But I'm I'm really happy to to have you here because I feel there's a lot that we can learn from you about creating content that is educational, but also entertaining and interesting and worth following. So I really hope we can talk a bit about Instagram and how you've grown and why you've grown. Um, But before we get into all of that, could you just say a few words about who you are and how you help people? So um, I'm Chloe. I'm a counselling psychologist. Um, Actually, in my day job, I work in private practice for children and adolescents, uh, mostly although I have picked up a few adult clients. Um, and I've got a long kind of history of working in in cams so very different from my my Instagram but I think in a way that's kind of intentional um, and yes yeah, so that's that's me I'm also a mum of um, one and I very much like running <laughs> yes me too um, so I suppose that brings us on to really why you started your Instagram account Um, when did you start because it feels like you've always been there as long as I've been on the app but I've not been I started a very long time ago so I started back in 2016 I had this idea of wanting to set up on Instagram as a running account and trying to bring in stuff about mental health and being as anonymous as possible and just I mean I've archived all those posts it was (laughs) no idea what I was doing it was really boring and it was just rubbish um, and I think I then um I felt pregnant in 2018 I couldn't stand the app all I wanted to do was look at pictures of food um, and I came back to it when my daughter was about nine months old um, my husband works away a lot and um, so from kind of when she was about eight weeks old I'd been kind of done a lot of solo parenting and um, I was very aware about the things I was using to kind of manage my own mental health um, and look after myself some of that was running some of it was other things and I think I'd followed other accounts like um, Emma Spamberg the mammologist and Anna Mather and I was kind of watching them and going actually I feel I've got something to contribute to this kind of conversation maybe with a bit more of a kind of running slant um, and so I just kind of started posting and um, partly about my kind of um, return to running after having a baby and um, posting about also my mistakes because I thought I could run a marathon at seven months postpartum having never run a marathon before. Yes, yes, wow. yes. Oh, my face is wincing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was breastfeeding a baby that I needed fed every 45 minutes. So I was doing 5k loops back to my house to feed her to then go back out again. And it got to like a 15 mile run and my husband was like literally 
what are you doing? And I kind of felt actually, do you know what? I probably have a lot to share from what I've learned from those experiences to other people, both as a ma, a new mum, as a runner, and also with that kind of psychology slant. So I thought, you know what, I'll just start posting and see what happens. And then, so that was November 2019. And then obviously kind of the pandemic happened. And I guess I was kind of really, there's that part of you that's kind of sharing to help other people, but also finding your own support in a way as well and um and I think kind of throughout the pandemic I'd sort of built up a group of other kind of mums in a similar position and, and I think it really helped with some of the isolation as well mm. um and and it really just kind of went from there and and yeah just honestly I'm just making it up as I go along really <laughs> I love that but I, I love the, the fact that it sort of came from a place of wanting to pass on knowledge that you built up for yourself mm. so yes some of it was your professional knowledge but a lot of it also came from your own experiences of trying things out and messing up slightly um and I think that's what makes it so compelling and I think that is the difference between your account and a lot of accounts that I see out there that maybe aren't doing so well with providing mental health support I think it's that vulnerability that you're not saying I always get this right all the time and this is what you should do. It it very much seems to come from a place of authenticity and, you know, these are things I've tried, try them out, they might work for you. If not, try something else. And I think that's what's been really important to me as well because you're right. And you look at, I look at other accounts and I'm like, you're just making me feel rubbish about myself. And, and, and I guess kind of looking at a lot of parenting accounts and and I'm like, but it's not, it's not that easy. And and yeah, that's great, but actually it doesn't work like that for all of us. And you can find it a bit patronizing as well. Um and and yeah, I kind of I really struggle. And I was like, I don't want people to think I'm being really patronizing. I want to be helpful. And I think you need that kind of transparency and that authenticity. And I guess because. So I was working in, in, when I went back from maternity leave, I went back to working in CAMS. And so I felt there was a bit of distance between my client group that I work with and what I was sharing. And I feel I have to be very mindful of boundaries. I work with teenagers, of course, they're Googling me and looking at what they can find. But I'm hoping they're just going to look at it and go, well, that's really boring. Um, <laughs> I don't care. Whereas I think, and, and but I think that allows me in a way I feel it's easier to kind of share a bit more whereas I think if I was working with the same client group that I'm sharing about I think I would feel I'd have to keep more to my like I wouldn't be able to be as open if that makes sense yeah that's interesting actually because one of the questions I was going to ask you was around what anxieties you had about starting an Instagram account because I think, yeah many I think most of us are, are quite worried about it so obviously that kind of difference between the client group that you work with clinically and the group that you speak to on Instagram helped with some of that mm. you know what I mean do you still feel anxiety about posting all the time <laughs> I think it's different when I first started um 
I, I didn't, I mean, I started on maternity leave. I went back to work kind of, so I started in the November posting. I went back to work in February, did not tell anyone. I mean, I still find Instagram is very much like Fight Club. And I will only talk about it on Instagram and in the rest of my life. When people are like, oh, I follow you on Instagram, which kind of sometimes happens at races and things these days. Um, and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> in fact, I, um, I, I did, um, I, I was speaking on the panel at the National Running Show in May um, and on a panel on mental health. And I suddenly realised I was walking into a room full of people who might know who I was from Instagram. And this was like... Yeah, and I was a bit like, I never really set out to be famous. Not that I am massively famous, but in the room, but people in that me going, I really wanted to come and see you. I'm so pleased. And I was like, can the grand please swallow me up? I'm probably a massive disappointment. Yeah, I know that's really hard. I, I really relate to that. I'm always really shocked if people have seen my content or heard my podcast. I'm like, what, really? I imagine I'm doing this into a vacuum. Yes. And that's really scary, actually. And that imposter syndrome can come up and be quite powerful at those mm-hmm. moments. Um, um, but yeah, and then I guess, because going back, sorry, I went off a tangent, going back to my kind of answer your question about the anxiety. So I just, I didn't want anybody to know um, I was paranoid the HPCP were going to come out and find me and they were going to take my registration away because I'm definitely blurring all the boundaries and um yeah and I think I mean I think what helped with that is I have met other psychologists who are doing similar things and being able to have conversations with them and that's been very helpful and very reassuring and then like you know what we're all going down together if the HCPC are coming after us <laughs> Um, and, and I think seeing people really value my content, I think, has been helpful. Those messages that say, do you know what, I really relate to this. Thank you. This is so helpful. And, you, and it reminds you why you're doing it. And I think as, um, as psychologists, um, we are often quite limited in who we can help. In the NHS, there's massive waiting lists in private practice. And um, it's the the cost of the sessions um obviously and we're only one person we can only see so many people and so being able to share something that might help more people I think has always been really important to me which is why I've always been very interested in your podcast because it's about finding ways to help more people yeah and I think your account is such a good example of that because you know, knowing the running community, as I do, um, I used to be a really, really keen runner. I'm still a very keen recreational runner, but I don't race, um, basically, because I never have time. <laughs> um, or maybe that's a story I'm telling myself. We can address that afterwards. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, in that community, there can be a lot of stigma around talking about mental health. And People can use running in either a very healthy way or a very, very toxic way. And you don't have to spend long at a running club to come across a fair few people who are kind of beating themselves up with their running. Um, And so I think you instantly had a niche audience who really needed you, but craved that anonymity. I wouldn't be surprised if there were tons of people following and benefiting from your content who never ever would have put their hands up and said I need support with my mental health so I think it's a really great example of reaching people who wouldn't darken our doors in the therapy room NHS or private 
and I completely I completely agree with with that and I think a lot of a lot of what I share more recently is also about trying to challenge that idea that running is therapy and that actually um yes it's great it's a great tool but also you need to be asking yourself what are you doing and are you using it in a healthy way and is it you know is it actually we can have many tools in our toolbox but if you're only relying on one actually that one becomes quite toxic yes Um, I think that was the first post of yours that I saw and I hit follow and I, I never stopped after that because it spoke so directly to an experience that I'd had I mean being pregnant for a start my body did not allow me to run much in my pregnancies which was a shock um, because there was so much content on there about how you can run through pregnancy and I could not even though I was a very experienced runner um, which was annoying Um, but I'd also had a a really awful injury in my uh, mid-20s which meant that I couldn't I couldn't run fast anymore And that's when I realized running was not therapy. And actually my relationship with running had not been that healthy um, because suddenly I realized it was all about numbers and striving and not about being present and all that stuff we might tell ourselves it is about and what it can be about. And I can completely relate to that as well. I think before I was pregnant, I was just running six times a week I was just really trying to clock up the mileage go faster and faster I kept crashing and burning so I didn't end up injured but I was really burning out um to the point where I was you know wouldn't be able to get out of bed for a week and feeling really awful and again I also wasn't able to run when I was pregnant and that was one of the reasons behind me setting up the account as well because I remember being pregnant and barely being able to get out of bed and runners world came through the post and there was somebody running with a bump and I was like for fuck's sake (laughs) and feeling miserable about the fact that I couldn't do anything and there was it being kind of rubbed in my face oh it's Um, the worst feeling and 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 again as well you know trying to rush out you know out of your six-week check and run a marathon which I did have a crack at and wouldn't recommend um and I think it is about kind of addressing that that relationship and actually is it always about getting faster or do you need to take a step back sometimes and actually now is not a point in my life when when I can do these these things I think the other time um and I posted quite a bit about it was in the pandemic and you could only go out once a week once a day and we had a child that would only sleep if she was being pushed in her pram and so my husband and I were going out once a day she might have been going out twice but nobody tell Boris um and we were just walking for an hour so he'd take her in the morning and I'd take her in the afternoon so we could get those because she was only about 14 months still needed those two naps and everybody else is like you know I've gone and done all these miles and run all of this stuff in my one hour my one trip out a day and I was like well I've had to reprioritize and actually maybe we need to talk about that and that's so difficult isn't it when if running is your only coping mechanism for dealing with stress and you have to compromise it, which in parenthood is all about compromise and many people's jobs also lead them to need to make a lot of compromise. 
then it can become a really difficult thing. And it's actually a stressor rather than a stress relief. Mm. And I think, I still think you're the only person I've ever seen posting about that. Um, or certainly putting it so clearly like that. Yeah, you don't see it. You don't see it very much. And um, I've, I've, I've seen a few posts about it, but um, most of it is you know trying to push yourself as hard as you can and you know restricting what you're eating and you know all about counting whatever nutritional thing that you fancy counting macros calories grams of protein mm. and kind of micromanaging every part of your life in order to kind of try and exceed it running and and how it can really become an obsession Absolutely. And I think on the flip side, you've got lots of mental health accounts, which almost don't acknowledge that kind of dark side of any activity that you do a lot of. Because, you know, we both have the experience of kind of taking running to that striving place and maybe you know, taking that a bit too far and becoming, well, I'm not putting words in your mouth, I became obsessional. I was for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but people can equally do that with meditation. You mm-hmm. could do that with yoga. I've seen it a lot with yoga, actually. Um, and maybe I've been there myself a little bit with yoga too. I've maybe got that sort of personality. Um, but I think a lot of what is badged as self-care taken too far goes into this less healthy territory and that's why I would say your account's worth following even if you've got no interest in running because it it talks yes about running but also just about balance in life and what what that is actually like to have a healthy and um yeah balanced approach to to your life yeah and I I mean I think that's really important and you're right in terms of self self-care can become really obsessional whatever it is making sure that you're eating healthily making sure you know you you have this um I, I don't know about you but I often get reels on Instagram about this is my morning routine and, oh yes you know I have my nice latte I'm like oh gosh I wish my mornings looked like that with my nice my nice latte followed by my morning meditation session followed by a nice walk in the sunrise and then I do a bit of journaling obviously you had to get up at 4am in order to do this um and actually I'm not sure how healthy that is no me neither you know I lived like that I'll be honest like there was a few years where my mental health was not very good and that is when I lived that way um and I don't think that that is healthy and I think you know for me one of the real big benefits of becoming a parent is not being able to do that anymore and because it forces me into a bit more psychological flexibility than I ever used to have um but yeah, when I see that, I get really concerned because I know from lived and professional experience, that's pretty unhealthy. Um, and your account is like an antidote to, to that. And I always think when people ask me for advice about social media, that's the question you've got to ask yourself. Why am I worth following? What's the message that I'm spreading that we're not seeing enough of? And I think yours is a great example because it's so crystal clear what you're saying that is not said enough of. And, and yeah, it's, I think I guess what's really important to me as well is to show to show what's normal, 
um, and, and what that looks like, because I think there's so much on social media showing you what's normal in inverted commas, that has so much perfectionism in it. Um, and also helping people see that we're human. Um, and, and I think, I mean, something I, I don't talk a lot about on social media is but I've had my own experiences of having to go to therapy and sitting there being really quite unwell when I was pregnant last time and thinking, I'm sitting here in front of this psychologist who's clearly got all of her shit together. I have no idea. But you make that assumption that they've got all of their shit together and you're the only psychologist in the whole world whose world is completely falling apart. And I guess for me, it felt really important to kind of get that message across that actually, no, <laughs> we don't always have our shit together all the time. That actually, sometimes we can feel really rough too and that things can happen. Um, and, and, and actually it's about how we manage it and about how we can learn to manage it and about kind of sharing sharing that and that felt really important after that experience that felt really important as well because I got that I mean I, I had to do personal therapy as part of my training but that felt very different from I've literally lost all of my marbles I'm slowly going mad here and I'm now having to sit in front of somebody else and and and, and I think it was what I would have needed to see at that time. And I hope that for other people, they can see that too. And that's helpful and helps them feel more able to seek help. I love that. And I think sometimes we underestimate how important that is. If you imagine being somebody who might have never met a psychologist before, you know, if even we can get stuck in that trap of thinking all the other psychologists are somehow these, like you know, perfect human beings who just glide through life if we can get trapped in that it must be so difficult for you know somebody who's never had any contact with a mental health professional of any sort to feel able to open up seek help get over the all of those barriers to engaging with us that you have to jump through because let's face it to, to get it through the NHS or privately you have to really want it because it's mm -hmm. not easy um yeah, wish it was a bit more easy, but it's but it's not. So if we can help people see what they're going to get, <laughs> like the kind of people that they're going to be talking to when they do land in that therapy chair, I think we can really help people overcome those barriers. Yeah, yeah, and and I think I mean I think those boundaries are really important. And I guess that for me is why I feel like able to share a little bit more because the people following me aren't necessarily always going to be the people that I'm working with. And that has felt quite important. I know lots of people will use social media as a way of trying to create referrals. And I do occasionally get referrals through my social media, through my Instagram. And, and I think for those people, it's very helpful to, to know who they're working with. And um, I always set out really clear boundaries in, in the contract with them. But I think from my point of view, knowing that actually that isn't my main referral source, isn't my main client group and so I can offer something to people that's helpful and by sharing my story or bits of my story and maybe cross some of those boundaries in a way that I wouldn't do in a therapeutic relationship. Yeah it makes a lot of sense uh, and I'm thinking you know my cogs are turning because a lot of people listening to this will be using social media to 
uh, promote their private practice or an online course that they're creating, something along those lines. Um, so in a sense, it can feel quite different mm-hmm. because you've got those kind of two different fo- foci, focuses, <laughs> whatever the plural is. Um, but I was wondering, how is how is your private work developing at the moment? Because I know that you've got, is it Marathon Psychology? Yeah. Um, is that your private practice name? That or is, is my private practice. That is my private practice because um, a kid didn't come up with a name. All the good ones were taken. And I thought, let's just go with something that fits with my Instagram because that was growing at the time. And that'll do. I really um, like it. Um, and, and and I think, I guess, kind of, so my private practice, I, I um, there were consultants that I already knew through um working in the NHS who were working privately who send me referrals I get referrals through um insurance companies and just kind of through word of mouth I guess kind of the way that most people get referrals who don't have social media and then I get I get a few through Instagram um I think but not that I do it's hard to tell because I don't think people always admit that's where they find me from oh good point I think there's two important points in that actually firstly that social media is never a great source of referrals even for people who have huge audiences on social media that's actually not where we look for a therapist so I'd never recommend it as a referral activity I'd never I'd never recommend it for that purpose really what it is quite good for though is developing an audience for more of those passive income products whether that's a book or an online course or something a little bit different um so have you got anything like that planned do you think one day so I do have something basically when my my idea when I moved into private practice was to you know do lots of stuff like that um but then you know you find yourself way laid by referrals you want to help all the people that are contacting you and also I have a three-year-old or our two-year-old at the time who decided that actually she was going to stop sleeping for a bit because that would be fun. And, and just, and we moved house. And so um, the last 18 months have been a bit hectic, um, which is fine because I'm not in a hurry, but um, I do have plans to do some workshops on a monthly basis. And so my thinking would be that and that audience would be from Instagram and so that would be on really basic things like thinking about you know understanding your thoughts and understanding body image and stuff like that thinking about people who who are following me and what they might need and what they might benefit from and also bearing in mind that you know NHS waiting lists are just going you know years and years long and lots of people who need help or want help are not meeting thresholds to get the help um and so and and can't really afford it privately and so being able to offer some kind of skill stuff that's a bit more in depth than than what I can offer through kind of Instagram I think is 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 kind of what I'm, I'm thinking about and then maybe I might be able to turn them into online courses and I mean I know you talk about business plans and you know knowing what you're doing and I'm absolutely not following any of that and completely <laughs> up as I go along and see where this ends up yeah that's not a bad way to go about it I think it, it really depends what you need so when we're doing business planning I always get people to sit down and think about what they need like them and their family first so 
if what you need is income, then you've got to be really strategic about your time like that because, you know, you've got to pay your bills. But if you've already got a successful private practice, um, you've already got an NHS role that's paying the bills or you've got some other source of income, then actually that frees you up to really get to know the people that you want to serve. Um, And it sounds like that's what you're doing an amazing job of, connecting with people on Instagram, learning about them. They're learning from you, obviously, but you're also really getting to know what do they respond to? What what do they want more of? What do they need more of? So when you do create something, it's going to almost be in collaboration with that community rather than this kind of top down, I think I know what you need trap that we can sometimes fall into. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that at all. I I only I I know I can sometimes advocate a bit of a um, strategic approach, but that is much more for when you know you've got to make X amount this month from your private practice. Then we'll go all in for the strategy. But I love the exploratory nature of what you're doing. I think it's lovely. Just not very strategic. <laughs> So I suppose that brings me on to another question that I had for you. Um, Well, two, actually, two really important questions I've got to ask you that I just know that um, some of my um, listeners will kick me if I don't ask. (laughs) Um, Firstly, the one probably you get asked all the time, but I'm going to ask you anyway. How on earth do you find time to do this? How do you create the time? Because... You're running, you're mumming, you're psychologisting. How are you carving out this space? Um, I annoy my husband a lot. He's like, you're on Instagram again. <laughs> um, I think, oh, I, I, I guess, I'm, I think I probably am somebody who just finds it quite easy, which is really annoying and probably not the right answer, but I can't. I wouldn't know how to teach anybody else how to do it, which is probably not very helpful. Um, I think it's something I, I will just get an idea and I'll write it down. And, and I guess it's something I find I'm thinking about a lot at the back of my mind all the time. Um, and I might kind of have ideas and kind of just jot them down and I think about how I can turn it into a post. And sometimes I've got ideas for a theme and I'll try and kind of cover different points in those themes I'll see what other people are doing and think oh I'll nick that idea um yeah so I guess it's just something that's kind of constantly wearing in the back of my mind and I think I'm somebody who um yeah I am I don't officially have ADHD because I've never actually been for an assessment Um, But I've worked a lot with ADHD. I've done my doctorate dissertation on ADHD and I managed to break the computer doing my own QB test when I wanted to have a go, which apparently might be indicative that I might be somewhere. And I think that means that I I, I sort of jump between different things all the time. I'm quite distractible. So I probably have lots of different things on the go all the time, which can, I think in the case of Instagram is maybe quite helpful, but probably in times of lots of other things like replying to emails is maybe not helpful but I guess it's something I can sort of turn to my advantage I don't know if that's a helpful answer or not I think it's really good to be truthful actually because you know there's so many reasons that I think I really relate to your content (laughs) and that is one of them and but I think it's really good to acknowledge that actually for you having the ideas isn't the difficult bit that comes 
easily for you. Do you find, have there been any challenges around the the tech, like learning how to shoot the reels? Because you do some quite complicated stuff on there. Is there anywhere that you've learned how to do that? Or did you just pick it up on the go? Um, So I am, it's talked about this on on another podcast. Um, so I saw a reel somewhere that, that said, and I can believe it, that actually people's attention spans are really short. And if you have a moving background, so every sentence you change the background, you're more likely to hold people's attention. And so I was like, and I'd seen other contents where, you know, people are getting ready and doing something. And the, and I was like, actually, I can do that in terms of getting ready for a run. So um, I might have an idea of what I want to say. What I've learned is I have to write it down because if I try and memorize what I'm saying, then I just stumble over my words and I forget it. So if I've got it written down each sentence, then that means I can do it a bit better. But I can do that, you know, as I'm getting ready to go out for a run or as I'm running at different points or as I'm getting ready to start my day. And, and then that means that, um, so, so it doesn't take a lot of, it's quite a simple idea. It doesn't take a lot of planning. Um, obviously if everybody starts doing the same thing, I'm going to be listening to your podcast. Um, <laughs> and, and so I guess I think there, and I, and I think there is a bit of learning. There's a lot of practice. Yeah, because for me, the things that would get me sort of slowed down and tripped up, and if I'm honest, I get bored and impatient with, is stuff like, you know, setting up a little tripod with my phone um, when I'm doing something and then having to move it like two seconds later. <laughs> um, have you found any kind of shortcuts that have got you over that? Or is it just a case of practice makes perfect? Um, so I just have different places where I might prop it up where I know that it's got like a good angle and then I just use the same things over and over again Mm, I think that's a good tip actually setting things up so that you know this location works that location Mm. works so you don't have to kind of put stack up your books (laughs) every time (laughs) that's clever um yes I just I will just use the same things over and over again I guess that's it (laughs) And, and 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 so and I've got like a fancy little ring light with a um a little holder on it for my phone that moves around it was like 10 pound from tiger if anyone else is looking um yeah and but but yeah just really kind of simple simple things I think um and then you can just use those same angles because you know how it works I think that's really helpful I think investing that 10 pounds or whatever in the little stand with the ring light and taking half an hour maybe to set up a few different places in your house where you know the angle works that could be the difference between people doing it and not doing it Mm. um I think especially for me I'm literally writing that down and going to do it um because I haven't thought to do that and it is that's the side that always trips me up And, and and I guess it's a kind of I'm so I, I don't really I don't really think about these things which is why I think I may find it very hard to explain to other people because I just I just am able to, to do it Um, I also have stopped worrying about what I look like in my head this is going to people like invisible vacuums so I don't really think about these things um yeah whereas I know lots of people spend ages putting makeup on and worrying about how they look and I'm like Meh. 
I think it depends what your message is, doesn't it? Whether that matters or not. Mm. There, there are some brands where looking a certain way matters. Mm-hmm. And there are other brands where it might be more helpful for people to see that you don't always look a certain way. I, I remember with um, when I had my physical therapy room, which I really miss, um, but I always used to go for a run in the middle of the day. And my afternoon clients, I would have a shower, but um, I'm very, very pale. And so when I have you know, gone for a hard run, I'm then purple for the next five hours. And there's nothing I can do about it. You know, I can put makeup on, but it just burns through. Um, And it's really obvious that that's what I've done. And I used to be really embarrassed about it until one of my clients said to me, I'm really glad that you role modeled that for me because you're always telling me that if what I need is to exercise in the middle of the day that I should, but that means I have to look like a mess at work and you look like a mess at work. (laughs) I was like, thanks. (laughs) But it was true. And, and I also use a filter sometimes as well. I don't know how to do that. I've got oh, so much okay. to learn. Yeah, I, I've, I've never managed to use a filter that hasn't like looked very strange. I've never successfully used one that I've been happy with. Yeah, I've got I, know, I mean, filters are much better at putting makeup on than I am. So sometimes I just cheat and use it. I try to be as authentic as possible and be like, do you know what? You shouldn't care what you look like. And then sometimes some days I'm like, no, no, we're having a filter. We're all humans. We're all human. Um, But that brings me on, actually, to another question for you. Um, How do you keep on top of what's working on Instagram? Because I often see you um, posting something which I'm like, oh, I know that that's a trend and she's done that really well. But how did you find out that it was a trend? Um, For some reason, I get lots of reels showing up in my... um, page homepage, and um that are giving trend ideas you know like all these like social media marketing yeah I get quite a lot of I don't really follow that many of them but quite often I guess because I will stop and look at them um I get more and more of them shown to me so there's usually two or three every time I have a scroll through so if I see an idea I'll pinch it or if I see an idea that somebody else is doing and I quite like it, then I'll pinch it. I'm not afraid of plagiarism. No, I, I think Instagram is a place not to be concerned about that, isn't it? I mean, there are... Um, I won't steal other people's words, but I might nick their idea. Yeah, I mean, and, and there are accounts, like you said, who are dedicated to showing you mm. what ideas are doing well at the moment. Um is there anyone you said you're not really following that many of them so there might not be but is there anyone that you'd particularly recommend people to have a look at um no I was gonna say it's really hard because I'm not really following them it's just whoever kind of just shows up in my in my feed but I think if you were just to search like social media manager or real trends or um you can um and, and the other thing um that I tend to do is you, you choose the trending sound it'll have that little arrow that's going up in the bottom of your page so I will go through reels and um I will be thinking about an idea or a point I want to make and then I'll be looking for a sound that might match it that's got the little trending arrow um and because you're more likely to get more views if the sound is trending. That's a really good tip. So where do we find that arrow? Just recap that for me. So, 
So if you if you look at Instagram, if you look at your meals, it'll have whatever the sound is that's playing at the bottom. And next to it, we'll have like a little like up arrow in the bottom corner, bottom left corner. And then you can save that and use it in your own reel. Yeah. And that will get it more views because it's like on a trend. Yeah. Haha. <laughs> Yes, I think um, I've seen that little arrow before and been like, what does that mean? <laughs> so that's helpful. That's really helpful. And I think what I'm taking from that is that actually we have to just spend more time on Instagram. If you want to create good Instagram content, you've got to spend time consuming Instagram content. Yeah, you do. Mm. And, and I guess that's, that's where my kind of um, my complete general lack of focus comes in handy because between clients I'll be having a little scroll seeing what else is what other people are doing and I think I mean at the moment I'm I've actually just had to step away and I'm having a like a bit of a break from Instagram and I also think that's important as well because it can be so just all-consuming and then you're looking at other people's content and you're like wow mine's is rubbish isn't it um, so I guess that's the, the flip side is, yeah, you, I spend a lot more time on it, but I do also find that actually I have to take, at the moment, I'm, I'm having to take some time away because otherwise you just, it can really put you into a spiral where you feel, it can make you a bit obsessive, so it can fit with those traits that, you know, got me into a hole with running. <laughs> get you into a hole with Instagram and I'm very aware of that and very mindful of that and so I know that you know um usually I will switch off over the weekends and um and, and just sort of try not to go on it um if I'm not looking my husband sometimes puts screen time limits on it <laughs> um, and, and and yeah I think um and, and, I, and I guess the other thing is yeah I'm mindful I'm mindful about who I follow and actually I don't follow that many other psychologists these days because I just find myself comparing myself to them and which I know I shouldn't because actually what I do is very very different to a lot of other psychologists out there but you're still sitting there. And I guess that's why I was so honored to be on there because I'm like, there's all these other legit psychologists that are posting like legit psychology stuff. And here's me prattling on about running and how my child got up at half five this morning. And Oh, I, I, I really relate. And the thing is, some of those psychologists might be listening to this and they also feel that way about your content. We're so good at compare and despair in our profession that I really like what you're saying there about putting boundaries in place for yourself the way that I've managed it for myself and you know I also take breaks and guess what nothing dies when you take a break mm -hmm. I've I've actually never found I've always had to take breaks from social media and I've never found a devastating impact on my overall marketing marketing activities so long as when I'm doing it I'm doing it with good quality stuff I think that's much more important uh, but anyway that's probably another episode but I think the way that I manage the boundary is I consider it to be a work activity so I decide what hours I'm willing to give to social media as a work activity and then over the weekend I am not willing to work so I will not look at my social media which can be really hard because sometimes some really cool stuff happens over the weekend 
and I can get that feeling just like everybody does of like almost your phone glowing at you like you really want to look at it you really want to touch it to see what what's going on um but I quite consciously tell myself that I'm not allowed to do that the weekend um it's hard though isn't it yeah yeah I mean I guess it's I would it's funny because I see it more as a hobby and I guess it's because it's linked to my hobby um which is why I probably don't mind spending as much time on it as I do because it's something that I enjoy I think that's the other thing is I enjoy doing it I enjoy coming up with ideas I enjoy being creative I enjoy sharing things and so it doesn't feel like that much of a chore um I guess it's that compare and despair that I have to be very mindful of and know when to step away from it um and I think if it's not something you enjoy and not something that you're having fun with and actually maybe it's not for you and like you said I'm not sitting here getting millions of referrals through my Instagram and I know I often see I often see things on like Facebook psychology private practice Facebook groups saying do social media you'll get lots of referrals well I'm just going to put my hands up and say actually I hardly get any that way yeah, and your content is really good, really engaging, and super specialist as well. Mm-hmm. So you're like ticking all the good marketing boxes. But I just think, you know, sometimes we just need to do that perspective taking piece mm-hmm. and think, right, if I was looking for a psychologist, would I look on social media? If I was looking to book a therapy session, and it's just not, we look on Google. Yeah. Um, or we go through recommendations more than anything yeah. else we go for recommendations but if you haven't got a recommendation you're going to go google or directory site I wouldn't be looking on instagram no no but looking for things like online courses books mm. uh, what podcasts to listen to that that sort of stuff I do get from social media so we can use it but at the moment the way that the you know market is I wouldn't say we can use it for getting referrals in our therapy practices um maybe some people do i'm happy to prove wrong if you're at home and most of your referrals come from um social media then do get in touch and we can chat about how that works and what makes that work because i'm fascinated but it that hasn't been my experience mm-hmm. okay well thank you so much for sharing all of that i i think There's a lot of people um, who are worried about setting up an Instagram account for all the reasons that we've talked about. They're worried about the boundaries. They're worried about what will other people think. That compare and despair is maybe looming large in their minds. And I really hope that this conversation might help them sort of jump over that and start spreading their messages that are worth following. Um, So if people want to follow you, where should they find you? Um, So you can find me on Instagram on as at the dot running dot psychologist brilliant and they absolutely should I couldn't recommend your content more highly I love it um yeah I'm always there watching (laughs) brilliant so thank you so much for coming on thank you very much for having me Before you go, I just wanted to remind you that we are making some big changes at the moment to Psychology Business School and the Do More Than Therapy membership. Don't worry, all the changes are very positive and we're going to be bringing you more value, more content, more templates, pretty much more of everything. 
Um, But to let you know, this is the best time to join. If you've been on the fence about coming and joining us in Psychology Business School, our complete course and suite of legal documents for getting you set up in private practice, or if you've been thinking about joining us in the Do More Than Therapy membership, our monthly membership, which helps you to grow and diversify your practice by getting outside of the therapy room, uh, including our complete roadmap to a successful online course. If you've been thinking about either of those things, now is the best time to join because you will get the best price and you're still going to get everything that comes with the changes that are coming in the next few weeks. So if you're on the fence at all, jump off the fence and jump in and join us. We're over at psychologybusinessschool.com. Do come and take a look. I look forward to seeing you there.